Welcome to Prime Alpha's interview series, insights from industry practitioners discussing their journey and their discoveries. Hello, my name is Amanda Jogia, the CEO of Prime Alpha, an online ecosystem bringing together alternative opportunities and their investors. I'd like to introduce Rich Balutz, CEO of Air Asset Management, a rapidly growing hedge fund management firm from Chicago. The firm specializes in longevity-linked investments such as life settlements and annuities and has consistently produced attractive double-digit annual returns that are largely uncorrelated to traditional asset classes and equity markets. Welcome, Rich. Nice to have you here. Thanks. Good to be here. Very excited to hear about your journey. Tell us about your background. So I uh, originally grew up in Detroit, live in Chicago now, and uh, went to undergrad at University of Michigan and and, uh, wanted to go into financial business and moved to Chicago in 93. I started my first phase of my career as a financial advisor for what's now Ameriprise. I uh, was a 10-year journey. I had, at the end of that 10 years, I was a certified financial planner running a, a platinum team practice, which in that environment, top 1%, and was also a branch manager for the downtown Chicago office. So I had a a really wonderful experience, you know, doing financial planning, asset management, and we did insurance. And so that's how I got introduced to the world of insurance. It was about a third of my business. I really like the products, found a lot of utility out of them. And I I did a roll-up of financial planning practices and we built hedge fund strategies. And I did that as an outside activity that was approved by a mayor prize that was doing some trading. Uh, we got involved with some arbitrage and some mutual funds. And, and I really liked the institutional side of the business better than the retail. I enjoyed interacting with the clients and helping them reach their goals, but I liked the intellectual stimulation of the institutional business. Eventually those business had flicked a little bit, ended up selling off my financial planning practices and started Alternative Investment Resource in 2004. Back then, we were more of a capital raiser. We did placement agent work, and and we got into investment banking, really working with hedge funds. And I got into the life settlement business, longevity business, which is focused with our asset management business initially in 2006. And uh, I love the asset class. And we ended up launching a series of businesses in the space, a brokerage business, a hedge fund, a life expectancy business. We didn't scale that set of businesses quick enough. And then the credit crisis hit. And we had a hedge fund up and running. We ended up winding the hedge fund down because we lost our leverage. Fortis Bank went under. That was our leverage provider. Uh, They get bailed out by three European governments. And we ended up producing a positive return and, and gave the investors their money back, which you know they were happy when they got their money back in February of 2009 and they were up 8% for 2008. So that was good. It really hooked me on the, on the asset class. We just, we just didn't time it was a little bit off. So I was got, kind of got back into the um, capital raising business through the investment banking side. Through that initial experience in life settlements, I uh, met an individual by the name of Jose Garcia of Carlisle. You know, we really hit it off and we did some deals and started working together outside in and outside of life settlement space. And then in 2000 and early 2014, he had approached me and he thought the timing was good to come back into the space. I agreed. 
And we launched our first fund in the fourth quarter of 2014. Kind of the rest is history. We haven't looked back and it's been a wonderful uh, experience watching our business grow and scale. I always say timing is everything. Describe that pivotal point in time where you decided to go off on your own and do this kind of next phase of your journey. For me, if I look at back at that whole timeline that I just went through, there's a few different kind of pivotal points that I think make sense to accentuate. You know, obviously the, the initial one was when I started the actual predecessor business, which is Alternative Investment Resource in 2004. And that was a big shift. That was going from financial planning into capital raising for hedge funds and investment banking and just doing the, that type of thing. For me, it was just a passion for the institutional world. It was a passion for the intellectual side of that business that just consumed me. I was a student of the financial planning business, but I really became a student of the capital markets and, and just gobbled it up and loved it. And that's what kind of drew me there. The other kind of key points were, the, you know, when I launched the initial start of the initial life settlement business there, what really attracted me to that was the product. You know, I had done some work with financial product arbitrage when we were trading mutual funds. And here there's a, a financial product arbitrage with insurance. And I really like that even more so because it was extremely client aligned. Well, the mutual funds, we were trading mutual funds and arbitrage and pricing through timing, et cetera. That was generating extra trading costs. It was kind of taking pennies out of some of the consumer's pockets. Here in life settlements, it was very client aligned in terms of the policyholders that own the ultimate product because we were we buy those from them. It's a socially responsible investment strategy that's putting a lot of money into seniors' pockets. That perspective, I thought, is a much more sustainable long-term uh, products. That's what got me into there. And then, but ultimately what got me back into the space in 2014 is what you talked about earlier is just, was the right timing. I was a little late when I got, we launched the businesses in 2007. I got back into space the first time in 2006, but it was just too close to the credit crisis and we didn't have enough scale. Whereas in 2014, there had been enough time where we really just caught the really fat part of the upswing in the market. In my own journey, I was in finance, I left finance, and I decided to come back into finance. And I'm so with you, Rich, in terms of the alt space, because it is so highly intellectual. Like it's very stimulating, right? <laughs> like you feel like you're doing brain exercises all the time. And so it's really interesting to hear your story because you really saw an opportunity set that was just very small, right? It's super opaque, super inefficient. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about this opportunity set and how you help your investors. For us, what we're doing is we're buying contracts from rated insurance carriers on average investment grade. And those contracts have a very significant spread to the equivalent in the tradable bond market. Now, there's all kinds of reasons why, risks, et cetera. But even when you factor for those, you still have kind of a premium or an arbitrage by buying those contracts. So, you know, for me, that's the opportunity. I knew the underlying core product inside and out because I'd sold it for 10 years and I'd studied the product through the CFP and through just my time in that business. So, you know, and I had experienced, we had traded $50 million for a very large hedge fund out in New York, arbitraging the pricing of mutual funds. So I already had experience running a hedge fund with financial product arbitrage. And I stumbled across 
another financial product arbitrage that was a much bigger, much more sustainable opportunity because the problem with the mutual funds was getting capacity. And with life settlements, yes, finding policies and the right policies can be an art and a challenge at times, but there is over 20 trillion of enforced policies in the U.S., uh, you have in the senior life settlement market, you have all these baby boomers that are kicking into retirement. The volume of product was certainly there. So I saw an ability to be able to satisfy investors' appetite by being able to source and develop investment strategies that were socially responsible and could deliver double-digit returns. In terms of how people should think about this in their portfolio, there's always the, what is it, the 60, 40, or the... 80, 20 stocks and bonds, but then how should someone think about how they can fit this within their portfolio? We've had investors, we have a lot of family offices, we have a lot of investment advisors. And so the concept of of asset allocation comes and bucketing comes, those conversations are very frequent with us. There's, you know, obviously we're, we're in the insurance dedicated space if we want to be real technical, but broadly we fit in private credit within especially finance area of private credit. We're also can be considered alternative fixed income, even though we're not a true fixed income, it has a lot of characteristics of that. Sometimes we're in a kind of a niche market neutral bucket, but I usually start with the private credit bucket. And because of the fact that we own these, these contracts in terms of that bucket, some folks will use us as their allocation for that entire bucket and bigger, more sophisticated investors will slot us in as a part. Makes sense. Let's pivot back to the journey. Since starting your firm, how have you developed or pivoted your thesis or business and why? We've done it, I'll say two times. So we started the business in 2014, really as a strategic U.S. partner to an existing life settlement business, a very successful growing business. And we develop U.S. structures and really manage the U.S. from tax, structure, legal, marketing perspective. In 2017, we started launching our own proprietary products. And the reason why we started launching our own products is we saw market niches within the space that were just not being properly exploited. And there was some reasons why our partner couldn't do it because of their size and their mandate couldn't change. And so we launched our own fund to take advantage of those and have a more flexible mandate and really be able to kind of hit our turn targets to 12 to 14%. So that was the first pivot. The second pivot that we made was at the end of fourth quarter of 2019, when we started to broaden out our focus from pure life settlements into longevity. And we launched our first non-life settlement product, and that was in the structured settlement space. So it's still within longevity. It's all, structured settlement is almost the inverse of a life settlement because the structured settlement, we're long mortality. With a life settlement, we're short mortality. With a life settlement, we have a cash outflow every month. With a structured settlement, we have a cash inflow every month. So they paired very, very well. And so selectively, we've been broadening out from just purely life settlements to related asset classes. And that's the second major pivot in the business. I know people always ask, what did you get wrong and what did you learn? But I kind of like to know, what did you feel you did right? You mentioned it earlier. I think, you know, being opportunistic, just really being a student of the space and a student of the capital markets has really allowed me and us to take advantage of those opportunities quickly. 
That's probably the thing that we've done right. We haven't always done it perfectly. Sometimes you got market forces and timing and, and so forth. But for me, it was my coming back into the space. So I already had a network in the space. And so it just makes it that much easier. Fantastic. So what do you think is your superpower and why? <laughs> my team likes to tease me sometimes about being able to see around the corner. In some of my spare time, I like to play chess. And I'm always thinking two, three, four, five moves ahead. And I try to balance that out with making sure I just don't make a mistake with my execution with the next move, right? Because you can always be thinking of trying to set yourself up for later, but then you just miss something in the short term. Looking at it from the ground level, you just have to look at it from a higher point of view up in the sky. And then the way you see around the corner is just looking down at the whole playing field, if you will. I think we have similar superpowers, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Execution is everything, I always say. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. It's such a pleasure to hear your story. And thank you for sharing with the audience. It's been great. Thanks, Amanda.